What is poppin'? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 613 Sports Podcast episode 20, 19? COVID-19? I don't know. 20, 20, 20. Thank God. Episode 20. Hope everyone's staying safe in this heat. I'm dying out here. I swear Africa is colder than Ottawa right now. I swear. Uh, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's correct. How you been dealing with the heat, Cam? I'm sweating my butt off at work. Running these tables, man. Uh, you're an essential worker. I, I thank you for uh, your service, but uh, I don't thank you're you for your sports takes because no one cares about your sports takes. <laughs> but anyways, that I'm your boy Eddie. At all, but whatever. That's Cam. Welcome back to Six One Three Sports Podcast. So before we get into this week's episode, we're gonna start off with Six One Three Watch. We have some news. First of all, the NHL released their you know tentative schedule for the upcoming months. Basically, for Sens fans, what you should know, we're not gonna be seeing the new season till December. So I thought no, I'm pretty sure they said the last possible day they'd have for the Stanley Cup was October second. Yeah, but then there's free uh draft. They said they free want season. well for yeah, but we should see the draft hopefully in October based on the current schedule. Yeah, but which what I, honestly what I might saw, be even more exciting than the Sense hockey so far. Yeah, but but I, what I saw is the new season should start in December. So yeah, you so we're not going to be seeing hockey. hockey for a while, but but the draft sport, be enough though. to hold us over for then. The Auto Blackjacks, the new franchise for the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Starting their tournament July 25th, first game at 1.50 p.m. on CBC. The whole tournament is on CBC, so you can watch on your TV. Support no the local excuse team. not to watch it. Exactly. That's your Ottawa team. Go support championship. Atletico Ottawa, they've been training. They've been training every day. There's still no news about when the league's starting, but I'm pretty sure it's going to start soon, hopefully. CFL, we already know it's September. Uh, but that leaves us with 67s, right? And to help us Funny talk about that, Eddie. CHL and 67s, because what a quiz this, Cameron. We have a special guest today, don't we? We do. We're going to send it over to Kenny Walls right now, the voice of the 67s on TSM 1200, who was kind enough to join us for this week's episode. So roll that tape. We've got a special guest here today. I'd like to thank Kenny Walls from TSM 1200 for joining us. How's it going today, Kenny? Oh, fantastic, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. So it's kind of tradition here at 613 Sports to start our interviews off with just some rapid fire questions. So just kind of the first thing that pops to your head. Cool? Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, doing nothing for a long time, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> so what's your favorite genre of music? Uh, hip hop. Favorite artist? Eminem. And what's your game day routine, if any? Uh, it depends on the day. On uh, Sunday, I'll wake up nice and early, uh, get some prep work done, get to the rink for 10 or so and uh, do everything I need to do. If it's a weekday and I'm at the station before, then that changes things up dramatically. But I like to get to the rink uh, very early. I'm a rink rat. I like hanging around the staff, around the players before the game. It, uh, it gets me ready for the game. You get stories. Uh, you hear guys like Vince Scully hanging around the, the batting cages doing Dodgers games, and he just gets stories, and he's able to portray that on the air. And I think that's uh, a great way to get to know some of the players around the, around the team. Uh, what is your favorite team growing up? Uh, for the NHL, it's the, that side, the Calgary Flames. Uh, and then I uh, grew up in Kitchener, so I was a big Rangers fan as well. Kitchener or New York? Uh, Kitchener. Okay. Kitchener. And then who is your favorite athlete of all time, if you have one? Favorite oh, athlete of all time? Yeah. Uh, I, Theo Fleury, 
as an athlete, not uh, in his post-career, uh, his political points of view, I don't necessarily always agree with. But as an athlete, I was always a big fan. Uh, I was going to name my child after him. If uh, if I had a boy, it had a girl, so it didn't it didn't work out. But uh, I was, that's one. Jerome Ginla has always been one as well. Uh, if you look at at baseball, Robbie Alomar, Joe Carter have always been uh, guys that I've been been want to to grow up like. And how have you been keeping busy during quarantine? Well, uh, video games, uh, a lot of video games. I've been trying to get a workout in every day. A uh, fat guy trying to lose some weight, which is always good. But I haven't been at work. I haven't been with TSN 1200 for a while. My, my, my wife is immunocompromised. So me being at work puts her at risk. So I haven't been going in for the last, uh, what, three and a half, four months now. So it's been, it's been tough, but there are much more difficult positions to be in. Yeah. Which video games, by the way? Uh, well, NHL, got uh, F1, uh, Formula One, uh, Call of Duty, trying to stay away from from uh, uh, Fortnite and, <laughs> and whatnot, but uh, just been going through a whole bunch of different things. Been on with a couple guys from the 67s and uh, got, our, got our groups going on. So it's, it's a nice way to stay in contact with people while not being around them. For sure. And then so moving on from the rapid fire into some more of the bigger topics kind of thing. Obviously, you want to start off with the Sens and move into the 67s. But what were your thoughts on the Sens ending up with three and five in the draft lottery? I, I, it's right where you'd expect them to be. It's not the worst case scenario. It's not the best. It's, <laughs> it, I think it, it's for what the Sens are at this point. I think it's the best case scenario for what you can hope from where the franchise has been to where they hope it's going to go and where their fans hope it's going to go. I think it's a good place. This is a good draft to have three and five. Yeah. Everybody would like one and everybody would like two to have that choice, but getting three is big because you're going to get one of Byfield or Stutzla. That's massive. And I think at five, the, the door's wide open for how many guys you can take. And I know a lot of people didn't like the process of the draft lottery with a wildcard team coming in and, and getting number one, but I don't see that as any different as, the 10th ranked team coming in and getting number one. I, I don't have a big, as, as big of a deal of it or with it as most people do. Jack Quinn and Marco Rossi are both players who should be available in the range of the Sens draft picks. Having watched them a lot, what are your thoughts on them as prospects? Both are among the best that I've seen uh, with their time with the 67s. Marco Rossi's skill level, his compete level is off the charts and if the Sens are able to get him at five or if they decide to go in that direction, I don't think they'd go that direction three. I've heard some people say that they, they'd like to see them go there, but I just don't know if that's going to be the way that they do go. I think it's a, a great pick. The size factor doesn't bother me. I saw him basically squat Sarah Noel, who's a six foot four, 230 pound player in the corner. And he was in a Mohawk position with his skates and was able to squat him up and get away from the player. The, the strength factor isn't an issue for me. The work ethic is beyond belief. I think that he's going to go at number four though. I think the Red Wings are going to take a chance at him. I've, I've heard some different things, but that's my belief is where he could go. And as for Jack Quinn, the trajectory that he has been on since minor hockey is unreal. To think that he never played AAA hockey until his minor midget season, that's unheard of to be considered for a top 10 NHL draft pick. It, it's very 
it, it speaks to the way that he's been able to develop his game and the commitment that he has shown. He has told me numerous times that his commitment level when he was playing minor hockey wasn't always there. And it's come a long way since playing his U18 season in the CCHL, his, his minor midget season. It's, uh, it's tremendous. And the shot, the release, the, again, the compete level on Jack Quinn is as high as I've seen. You watch him in practice, and he doesn't like to lose. Neither does Marco Rossi. They compete to make everybody else around them better. And I think that's, aside from the skill level, aside from the character of the kids, that's what you want to see. You want to see somebody who wants to get better every day. Yeah, he's definitely been climbing up the boards really fast. It's really interesting to watch. The two, two 67s up high like that, it's good to see for the team. But aside from the 267s, there's quite a few top prospects in the OHL this year. Quentin Byfield, Cole Perfetti, Jamie Drysdale, so many guys. Having watched OHL a lot more than a lot of people have, who was your favorite prospect out of the bunch? Uh, Marco Rossi is, is my favorite. Having watched him for 120-plus games, that easy to see why. But Quentin Byfield... To me, the reason why Marco Rossi is ahead of Quinton Byfield is because in my live viewings, when they have played the 67s last year in the playoffs and then again this year, I haven't seen what everybody else has. And maybe that's because the 67s have been a powerhouse for the last two years when Quinton Byfield has been in the league and a guy like Kevin Ball has been able to neutralize him. He's matching up against Marco Rossi on every shift, who is one of the best defensive forwards in the draft. So it's difficult, I think for me to judge Quinton Byfield as opposed to other people, because I haven't seen him at his best. I don't take world juniors into consideration. That's not why I have Marco Rossi ahead of him. For me, it's my live viewings and I haven't seen him at his best, but you can see why all the scouts and everybody is in love with him: the size, the speed, the skill. And I think that the one factor is that a lot of people don't think he's the smartest player, and I don't agree with that. You watch him around the ice, and I don't think he uses his size enough. That's my big thing with him, is that he's not as physical as maybe you want going through the neutral zone. He doesn't, in the corners, he'll battle for pucks, but he's not that Eric Lindros. Even though he has the Eric Lindros body, he doesn't use his body like Eric Lindros, which I think is what I'd like to see maybe a little bit more. But he's a dynamic player. Cole Perfetti, again, for all these kids, I may not be the best judge because they have gone up against the 67s and the 67s for the most part have been able to neutralize them or limit them. And the game in Saginaw this year, Cole Perfetti ended up scoring the game winning goal. And it was a beautiful goal danced around Noel Hoffenmeyer. But up until that point, he was invisible throughout the game. He was a non-factor. And maybe that speaks to his clutch uh, performance coming up late in games but I just haven't seen enough of these players live in person. But again, uh, Cole is, he, he's, I had a chance to interview him in Ottawa. He's a very nice young man, very well-spoken, can, can, controls himself well on the ice, off the ice as well. He's going to be a, a dynamic player at the next level. Jamie Drysdale is an interesting one. I think we could see him fall a little bit. He could also be taken second overall, which very well could happen with the lack of top-end defensemen but I just don't see the dynamic offense that I'd like to see out of a defenseman taken that high, which you need to see now uh, as a average size player. I think there needs to be that edge and he's got the skating. He's got the smarts as well, but I think the natural offensive instinct isn't at the level that maybe I'd like to see for him to be that, uh, that top, top end guy, or at least put him ahead of all the forwards that are being discussed in that, in that top end. 
So basically, Sens can't really go wrong with any no. of these picks. No, there are so many good players, and that's just the OHL. Uh, you look mm-hmm. around, and you look at the top, let's say, 10 to 15 players. And you're, you're, if you miss on one of these, I think you're going to be in the minority. Whereas a lot of years, if you hit on your first round pick in the mid, uh, let's say, 8 to 20, you're, you're doing a good job if you get a bona fide NHL player. Well, this is, if you miss, you're going to be in the minority. So how do you rate this year's 67s team compared to last year or previous years? And do you think they could have gone all the way this year? Yes. Um, this year was a different team than it was last year. Last year, they had the star power. They had Ty Feliber lighting it up. They, they had Sasha Shemalevsky. They had, they, I knew that it was going to be a good year for the team. This year, it was built differently. There was supposed to be a lot of defensive power back. They returned until some trades. They returned their entire defensive core, as well as a, a starting goal, a goalie who won 34 games the year before, and Cedric Andre, who was a bona fide uh, star in the league. So I thought it was going to be defense and then try and plug away some goals. Well, they were the number one team in goals for and goals against. So they proved me wrong in the, in the offensive side of things. But when you lose what was it, six out of your top nine forwards from the previous year, that makes it difficult, but that's what junior hockey is. You always have to move on and and replace those players, which they were able to do with the stepping up of Jack Quinn with his 52 goals and Marco Rossi uh, lighting it up and, and just some balanced attack in the top six. Last year's team was deeper than this year's team up front, especially. But the rookies this year were fantastic. They, the points may not have been there, but they provided a key role. Jack Beck in particular, playing a lot on the second line. I think he's going to have a big year in the upcoming year, uh, if, it, if and when it does take place. But it's tough to compare the two because they were so different. I think last year's team was more dynamic, more a, a little scarier, if you will. And I think the league was a little bit better overall. This year, I think the league as a whole took a step back. The 67s may have taken a step back, but in comparison to the league, I think they were still the number one team far and away in the entire OHL and and would have given them a great chance. They had their troubles with London and Peterborough, as has been pointed out numerous times, but I don't... Over a seven-game series, I think that Andre Tourney and his coaching staff and the players who would be the most well-prepared players uh, in the playoffs would be able to, to... MacGyver their way to a series victory, even if it was a close one. So even with more players leaving the team, how do you think, how do you project the 67's performance next year? We do have a season. That, again, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing. I think there's enough guys returning. Uh, Jack Quinn, likely Graham Clark will lead the way offensively. If Mitch Holscher is able to come back for an overage season, that would be massive. Uh, the two import players that they were able to draft, Sievalod Gatamak, uh, he's already committed to the team and he'll be coming over, which is massive for their center ice position. I've been told that likely he's going to get a, a top six opportunity right away. He's that skilled as a 17-year-old Russian. It, there, it, it's looking up. Their defense is going to be very young as opposed to last year when they had a lot of 18, 19, 20-year-olds on the back end. This year is going to be different. They're going to have a lot of 17, 18-year-olds. Uh, leading the way for them. And, and Jack Mateer is going to have to step up. Merrick Rippin is going to have, a, have to have a lot of ice time and stay healthy. So it's, it's looking up. And in goal, they have the best tandem in the league, I think, in, in Cedric Andre and Will Cranley. 
both could be starting goaltenders and I don't know whether they'll both be sticking around for the entire year because it's as Will Cranley approaches the draft and his hopes of getting drafted he's hoping anyway and Cedric Andre has proven to be a top five goalie hands down in the league was considered for the world juniors last year there's only one net and there's only 68 68 games in a season uh, so we'll have to see exactly how that goes but Top to bottom, I think they should be good again next year. And when you're coached by Andre Tourney, Mario Duhamel, Norm Millian, and the entire staff with the 67s, they get the best out of players, and players love playing for them. And they give it their all each and every game. And I think that's where the 67s have an advantage over some of the other teams. Can you touch on it there briefly for a second? The import draft was held not too long ago. And excuse my pronunciation, but... What do you know for fans who might not know too much about them, about Gaeta Mack and Simon Teivel? What are the, what's the team getting with them? Uh, with Sievelod Gaeta Mack, I, I think that's the way it's spelled. They had a, I, I think they're going to go with Seva for uh, Gaeta Mack. Uh, I, I don't have a whole lot for you. I, I have never seen them play live. I've seen the video clips as a lot of people have. He's young. He's a could be a top prospect for the 2021 NHL draft. And he could fit into a top six role right away. He's going to be a top nine forward for them this year, especially. And I think that he may not be the most offensively gifted player, but he fits into what the 67s are trying to do with compete level, with skill, and with a little bit of grit on their side as well. You look at his U17 stats, he was over a point a game on a gold medal winning team. He was the captain of his club team in Russia, which is massive. That's the same as what Nikita Hatyuk did with his team. He was the captain of the U17 team as well. So they're looking for that leadership quality out of the import pick uh, with Gatamak. And I think they'll be able to find it and signing a day or two after the after the draft as well, I think is massive for them just to get that commitment because you never know. It's a crapshoot when you look at, uh, at exactly what the import draft is. It can be tough. They got Marco Rossi later in the draft than where he should have gone as the best player in that draft. So it's, it's always a crapshoot. And with uh, Simon Taylor, I, I, I don't know how to say that one. That one is, uh, I'm going to have to ask him. But he's, a, again, a smaller forward what I've read about him is that he's got a fantastic shot. The compete level is there. Maybe not the most physical player, but he's not afraid to get his nose dirty, go to the dirty areas, can score from anywhere on the ice. I don't know whether they're going to be able to convince him to come over. I think that's going to land in the hands of the NHL team that drafts him this year. Could be anywhere from a late first to an early third round pick in that range. So I think whoever drafts him, may look to bring him over instead of having him play in Finland, but the Finnish season is going to start so much earlier likely than what we will in North America. So it's, it's going to be a tough decision for whoever does draft him on October 6th. Now is the, is the scheduled NHL draft. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly how all this plays out. And as you mentioned, we really don't know what's happening with the CHL season. If we're going to have one, have you heard anything at all about any plans they might be putting in place for the upcoming season or nothing yet? There's, there's not a whole lot aside from the QMJHL posting that they want to start in early October and the OHL saying we'd like to play in, in the fall. I haven't heard or seen anything I'm sure. And there, there are contingency plans and so many different ideas of how to go about it. But until it's such a fluid situation, guys, things change every day. You never know exactly what's going to happen. I think they want to see how, 
the bubbles work with uh, the NHL, the NBA, MLS, and, and see exactly how they can go about it. And if it is possible, it's a fan, it's a gate-driven league, which makes it so much more difficult because you just, you can't have fans. It, it's not safe at this point to have fans in. And it, unless there's a way to get around that, which I don't see at this point, uh, what the Baltimore Ravens, I believe, are having a 10th capacity or 15% capacity of their stadium if and when they get the season up and running. Maybe that's a way to go about it, but then you're looking at a couple hundred fans in the stands and, and that's it. Is that financially doable for the CHL? I'm not sure. Uh, but there are a number of different plans, I'm sure, and I, I just don't know what they are and if any of them are actually feasible. So last year, Kevin Ball was the 67's lone representative at the World Juniors. Can we see any more 67s in a tournament this year? Yeah, Jack Quinn and Graham Clark are both going to the summer invitational, the, the online camp, I guess it is. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see either of them get there. I think Jack Quinn may have a, a coming off this year that he had will give him more of an opportunity. Uh, scoring 50 goals in a, an OHL season is something special, especially in your draft year. But don't discount Graham Clark. That kid can shoot a puck. Andre Tourney knows exactly what he can do. He was with uh, Team Canada at the Ivan Holinka tournament where he won gold along with Andre Tourney. So there is some history there. And just the fact that they both know exactly what the coach wants. Shift in, shift out, what their responsibility is, I think gives them a little bit of an advantage, but they still have to perform. And I don't think Andre Tourney is going to do them any special favors by... Uh, handing them a position they have to earn it they have to have a good start to the year if there is one before the world juniors or however it's going to play out they need to do what is required of them to step up and stay in shape uh, get on the ice as early as possible I know Jack Quinn has been uh, on the ice a little bit staying in shape he, he looks fantastic at this point same with Graham but it's it's a tough situation we've never seen anything like it so it, it's going to be on the players more than ever to prove themselves before the world juniors, however they decide, however it works out, they need to prove themselves before it gets underway. Pivoting to a little bit more about yourself, what is your favorite memory of covering the 67s? Favorite memory? Uh, well, last year, uh, the triple overtime game in Sudbury was, was something that was absolutely exhausting. Ended up uh, driving back because I didn't take the team bus. I, I drove back with, uh, a me two members of the equipment staff and the strength and conditioning coach. And we drove back from Sudbury after the triple overtime game. And I think we got back at five or six in the morning, whatever the case may be. It was absolutely awful, but it was fantastic. And hearing stories from the players after, and I've talked to a number of them over this pandemic, and they all look back at that game as one of their favorite memories of the entire run, just because it, it's so it's, it's something that doesn't happen every day. They, they were eating chicken in the third overtime before the third overtime got underway. It was, it was unique. Um, the overtime game in Sudbury that won them the, or the Eastern conference championship, uh, as we get a Amber alert here, um, to win them the Eastern Conference Championship was something special because Ty Felliber down on the ice celebrating. He had a TV interview, I believe. And as he was skating off, he pointed up and was pointing at me. And then that was just something special for me as a 
it, it's not something that anybody else would, would care about or remember. But for me, that was something special. And I honestly, I just enjoy going to the rink. Being around the kids is, is so much fun. Being around the coaching staff and trying to learn uh, from each and every one of them, talking and, and being friends with the equipment staff and the, the physical trainers, is, it's just enjoyable. And I, I love every minute of going to the rink. I, my wife says it's my second home or primary home at, at points in time. So it, it makes it difficult in some situations. But if, if, you, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be there as much. And I think that's uh, important for whatever you do, uh, whether it be the, for me, this or any other sort of job. And then how did you get into covering the 67s? Uh, luck. Absolute luck. Um, I, I was working at, uh, at that point, Bob FM. I had just gotten the job as a, an overnight fill-in uh, disc flipper, CD flipper. And I moved over to CFRA a little bit after that, maybe six months. And then six months after that, I was over at uh, Team 1200 at the time. And as part of the promotion over to Team 1200, doing the morning show, uh, producing the morning show was doing 67s, uh, producing on site. So I was there with Dave Schreiber and AJ Jackie Beck, John Abbott, just making sure that they get on air, having everything set up for them. And once Dave was doing the sends and AJ was back in Edmonton or John wasn't there yet, I would be fill in on color commentary every once in a while they would let me do that and I've uh, been around the team since and just kind of worked my way up so very lucky I've always been lucky with the jobs that I've been able to get never actually applied for a job which is kind of odd it's always just kind of been there uh, so I don't know how to actually fill out a resume or do a resume send out a demo tape I have no idea so if I ever lose this gig I'm in, I'm in deep trouble but I, I do enjoy it and uh, hopefully something well, hopefully I don't lose this because I absolutely love it. But uh, it, I, I've, it's luck. And I can't, uh, can't thank anybody enough. Dave Mitchell was the one who got me into it. AJ, Dave, and John for accepting me throughout the way. And some young idiot kid trying to chime in every once in a while. If the CHL doesn't end up returning for a while, what's next for Kenny Walls? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, sitting at home playing video games for now. Um, <laughs> Uh, honestly, once all this is over, I, I hope to, to get back to work as soon as possible. I do miss it. I do miss going in, seeing the guys every day um, back at the station as well as uh, at the rink. I, I don't know what I would do if, uh, if there is no CHL season. Um, I don't, don't <laughs> want to think about it. I don't want to yeah. think about it. Of course, well, we don't have to get there. Yeah. yeah. The, way, the way looking up it, I think we might have, I think we're going to have a season. The way the cases are in Canada, I think it's looking like we will be able to have something. Yeah. It, it's interesting because with three teams in the States, that's something that they have to consider. What do they do with Erie, with Saginaw, with Flint? Are they able to cross the border? Are they able to return to the ice safely? And how, do, how does the CHL react to the NHL not starting until December 1st? What happens with drafted players? If, if the CHL starts on their traditional late September start, which I, I don't think is, is in, the, in, in the playbook, do they allow players in mid-November or early November just to leave for a month or a couple weeks? Does a player like, uh, let's say, Phil Tomasino with the Oshawa Generals, does he have a chance at making the Nashville Predators this year? If... if that's an opportunity for him. Do they, does he start the season with the generals and then maybe move on up? 
does Marco Rossi return and, and leave halfway through the year by whoever drafts him? It, it's an interesting scenario. Maybe the CHL doesn't start until the new year. Maybe they wait till after Christmas, uh, start up in January 1st after the NHL does play a shortened season. I don't know. I, I don't know whether it's going to be safe enough for players and, and teams to, to travel to hotels and stay in hotels overnight or on road trips, eating at, uh, eating at a restaurant as a, as a group. There's so many logistical situations to think about for the league, for teams. I don't think it can be a, a generalized statement to say that, yes, it's going to return because it's, we're, we're doing well in Canada. We're doing so much better than they are in the States, but with teams in the States, it, it makes it complicated. It's, I hope you're right. I hope we do have a, a 2021 season, but I'm just not convinced of it at this point. There's definitely still a lot up in the air. Yeah. We're going to have to kind of wait and see day by day. Everything seems to change. Yeah, it really does. And Fingers crossed. That's, that's all you can do right now is <laughs> fingers crossed and, and hope for the best and, and wear a mask, take all the precautions you can and just don't be an idiot. <laughs> my, my main thing, wash your hands, uh, listen to all the, the health experts. Yep. And on that note, we'd like to thank you for joining us, Kenny. Really appreciate it. Give us some great insight and take care. That was my pleasure, Cam. Eddie, thanks. No problem. Huge thank you to Kenny for joining us. Gave us some great insight there, not only on the 67s, but also some of the OHL prospects that we might see the Sens draft this October or whenever that might be. But yeah, gave us some great insight, and thanks to him for joining us. Yeah, it's so Sens fans, you can't go wrong in this draft. You, even if we don't take someone, international player, look at OHL prospects, we're chilling. And Quinton Byfield, he made some good points, I think. When he, when he was talking, he was reminding me of sort of Logan Brown about not using your size properly. Unfortunately, yes. So hopefully, uh, if since Jack Byfield, they're able to you know help him use that size because that's something that could really exactly. Happen. And I'm hopefully he, if really we do draft, he spends a lot of time with Brady Kachuk, and mm-hmm. uh, they both turn into some nice sandpaper. And honestly, for fifth for that fifth pick, I'm I really hope we get Marco Rossi. Uh, I would the way not talking, be mad at all if they drafted the Rossi. way Andre's talking about him the way Kenny Wells talking about him. And I just think, everything else we've read kind of thing. Yeah, I think that that's that's a player Sens would want, and that's a very fast fan favorite, for sure, if we get one. 100%. Um, but yeah, as Kenny said, wear your masks. Don't yes, be stupid. because we're trying to see some sports this fall. Please. Like said, sports are slowly Please. returning. Canada's doing a lot better in America. Wear your masks. Wear your masks, right? We're not there yet. I wear them at work all day. You can wear them outside for five minutes to go get some beer or something. Wear your masks. Don't be a Karen. <laughs> I, don't know <laughs> I don't care. I'll say it. Anyways, <laughs> knucklehead, stay out of the damn box. Don't forget, look up, or look else. Up. Don't get your shout out. Yes, sir. But that's the same before you interrupted me, buddy. You, you forgot. Okay, you know what? I'm going to say But knucklehead, <laughs> stay out of the damn box. Wear your masks. I swear, if you don't wear your masks, I'm going to clown you. 63 Sports will clown you, all right? Clown of the Week's okay. coming back. He's making a clown comeback. Of the week. I'm going to get Cop to come and knock you senseless, all right? Wear your masks, all right? Listen to the public health. If you don't like it, stay inside in the heat. Go suffer, all right? You have your AC, you're chilling, all right? But anyways, have everyone stay safe, have fun. It's summer, enjoy yourself. Just watch out for COVID. And before we go, shout out to Lil Cub. He's the guy that makes his outro song. He's dropping new music soon. Dropped already some more tracks. Check him out. Peace, everyone. Yeah, I'm